والصلاه والسلام على الموثي رحمه للعالمين نبينا وحبيبنا محمد صلى الله عليه وعلى اله وصحبه وسلم اما بعد today i guess uh, 18 من شهر رجب uh, 1442 الموافق ل uh, 12 من شهر uh, مارس 2021 باذن الله تعالى i will be Uh, sharing with my brothers and sisters uh, a lesson or a reflection concerning the matter of the Day of Judgment. I guess uh, the topic given to me, if I'm not uh, wrong, is about uh, the Day of Judgment. And uh, I do believe each and every one of us is aware of this. especially uh, we the muslims it is part of the article of faith that iman will not be accepted by allah subhanahu wa ta'ala from a person if he doesn't believe in the day of judgment uh, the day of judgment has so many stages the first uh, stages of the day of judgment is the is a death and i do believe talking about the day of judgment will be incomplete if we don't address the matter of the death which is the the fact that w- that is waiting for each and every one of us an appointment between you and the angel of death which nobody will miss it allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says حتى اذا جاء احدكم الموت توفته رسلنا وهم لا يفرطون until the time when death approach one of you our messengers meaning the angels they will take his soul وهم لا يفرطون and they will never neglect the last moment Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala granted this person to live on earth the prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam told us about this journey which is quite interesting but at the same time so scary that we found in the hadith of al-bara bin azib about the way the angels are taking the soul of the good ones and the bad ones i'm not going to go into the details but i just want you to understand that if your time is over if the time is up in this life the angel of death will never grant you a single second for you to reflect and as such my dear brothers and sisters the best and the only time for the believer to reflect is now not then not later one of the the maliki scholars used to say that if you see a person delaying the tauba and saying that i will repent in the future he said this is one of the greatest signs of al-khudlan wal khasara yani fi dunya wal akhira this is the greatest one of the greatest signs of al khasara the loss and negligence and a person is taking the path which will lead him to regret which the regrets will never benefit him at the moment he is doing so tauba is to be made now and this is simply because i do not know when am i going to be visited by this angel 
And as I said, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentioned to us that Tawafathu rusuluna wa hum la yifarritun Our angels are going to take the soul of this person and they will never neglect the last moment Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala granted you on earth. So dear brothers and sisters, from this you should understand the importance of preparation to be ready. You Allah, this is what fit us to be ready. You know, most of those people who passed away, who died, none of them knows that he will be dying. Yeah, he might see some signs, you know, a few seconds, few moments before the death. You know, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala might give him some sign that he will feel, he will have the feeling, you know, not confirmation, but he'll have the feeling that most likely this is the end. But to have something right now and telling you that in the year so and so I'm going to die, nobody got this. So we don't know. So precisely to know the time you're going to be dying, this is impossible. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make it hidden for our own benefit. So that we will keep on preparing, you know, for the meeting with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala throughout our life. And we will be ready at every single moment to be upon the way Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants us to be. So brothers and sisters, please do understand this fact. Repent to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, fix your attitude, be upon the best relationship between you and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and make sure that you don't have a single, you know, uh, uh, I mean, you don't have any, any problem with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in every aspect of your life. That's the only thing that makes sense. Because that would be, uh, no justification for the life of somebody who believes that he is going back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala but at the same time he is busy with something else instead of preparing for, for that meeting with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So death is imminent. And when you die, this is not the end of it. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala might make it, you know, a situation of rest whereby you relax, you get the relief. Each and every one of us will receive this. But we have to be realistic. Since nobody told us about what will be the consequence when we move uh, to that hole, the grave, we call it. Nobody told us what exactly could happen to us individually. The Prophet ﷺ in general, he told us what is happening in the grave. He told us about what is happening in the grave. But he did not talk to each and every one of us individually. And as such, I don't know. What will happen to me? You don't know what will happen to you. But death, as one of the, the poets says, This poet says, he says, death is a fact. And if, let's say, when we die, we're going to be neglected. Allah SWT will leave us alone. You know, nothing will happen. There will be no judgment. There will be no questions. There will be no tragedy or calamity or test in the grave. He says, death is going to be the, the, the place, you know, or the, the situation or the time for the rest for human being. Especially those who are living in our time. Fitting calamities, tragedy, you know, all of these, uh, you know, confusion that we are living in. In a way, a person, you know, will not know exactly what is going on in this life. Nothing to be enjoyed except a little. So when a person dies, if we're going to be neglected, we're going to be let, 
It will be a place of rest for each and every one of us. He said, but this is not the case. He says, وَلَكِنَّا إِذَا مِتْنَا تُرِكْنَا الْبُعِثْنَا He said, but when we die, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is going to resurrect us and bring us back. وَنُسْأَلُ عِنْدَهَا عَنْ كُلِّ شَيْءٍ And we are going to be asked after the resurrection about every single thing. SubhanAllah. وَنُسْأَلُ عِنْدَهَا عَنْ كُلِّ شَيْءٍ And we are going to be asked and questioned by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala about everything we did. And dear brothers and sisters, these questions begin right from the time when you move to the grave. Right from the time when you move to the grave. And that's the reason why I said it is really important for each and every one of us to make a preparation to prepare for this meeting. Because wallahi, my dear brothers and sisters, you will know your situation and you will know your status when you receive the angels of death. Because the good ones, the Prophet ﷺ informed us about the way angels come to give them good news and glad tidings and to show them the pictures of what they are heading to. From that place you already know, you have the clue of what is uh, going to face you when you meet uh, the angels in the grave. They put you, my dear brothers and sisters, after they take the soul in a place where there is nobody who's living in that place. You know, there might be some people before you who are removed to put you inside, but you'll be in another dimension. SubhanAllah. Imagine that place. And I do believe each and every one of us have witnessed the grave. You know how it looks like. Imagine being in that place. They go and put you into a small hole that can only accommodate your body. And they put you in that place and they cover. They close everything. And they leave you in that place. You know. And that's it. No, Allah, that's not the end of it. That's the beginning, you know, subhanAllah. That's the beginning. So that was the time that you reflect upon your life, you know. What exactly is going to happen to you? And Allah subhanahu wa is going to send, you know, those two angels. You know, looking at them is not easy because the way the Prophet ﷺ described them, subhanAllah, it's tragedy, so scary. They are going to meet you in that place which is completely dark, a strange place, the place where you have no family, those people who used to distract you, those people who used to obey, you know, although that obedience is against the law of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and you don't mind, you know, none of them will be willing to stay with you, you know. And this is also another great lesson that we have to understand, you know. SubhanAllah, you obey them, you please them, you know, you make Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala angry, I don't care whether it is your father, your, your mother, you know, uh, your relatives, you know, your children, your wife, your husband, you know, whoever. You used to obey in the way Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is angry with you. Allah doesn't like that obedience. Those ones, they are the ones who will take you after you die and take you to the grave. They cry, you know, yes, they are really crying. And they don't want to leave you. But at the same time, Let's see if any one of them loves you that much, you know, to that manner that he will agree to go and stay with you for a second in the grave. Nobody will agree with that. The Prophet said, Three things are going to be following the dead person. Three things are going to be following the dead person. He says, Your family, your wealth, and your your deeds. 
the family will put you in the grave and leave you alone. And the wealth will accompany you also because sometimes they use your cars, they use your properties, they use so many things to take you to the grave. Right after they reach the grave also they will bring the wealth for the sake of distribution. So who left? Who is that which remains with you? Nothing but your deed, the Prophet said. And as such, my dear brothers and sisters, I really advise you. And I don't think you need this advice. The smart person is somebody who think wisely when he listened to this hadith of the Prophet and make sure that he set up a barrier, draw a red line. In any relationship between you and somebody, this line should, should not be crossed. That means I go with whoever I want to go with as long as this person is not going against Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. If you don't do that, and you become like that person that the Prophet sallallahu was talking about when he says, مَنْ أَرْضَ اللَّهَ بِسَخَطِ النَّاسِ كَفَاهُ اللَّهُ مُؤْنَةَ النَّاسِ وَمَنْ أَرْضَ النَّاسَ بِسَخَطِ اللَّهُ وَكَلُهُ اللَّهُ إِلَى النَّاسِ You become that person who is making Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala angry by doing things which people are happy with. So to make people happy, he agree and chose to make Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala angry. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says he is going to withdraw from supporting you in this life and leave you to deal with the people. Let's see what will happen. So dear brothers and sisters, understand this concept because we have so many people who cannot detach themselves to the criminals, whoever they are. You have a lot of young people who cannot detach themselves from the friends. And the friends are taking them to go astray against Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and his laws. They're going to regret when they don't repent and they meet Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in that way. You have your wife who is distracting you and you don't set up a barrier between you and her. You're going to regret. She has a husband, you know, who is distracting her, taking her away from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and he does, she agree to go with him in that way. She's going to regret. The same goes to anyone that you take in the way, you know, as a friend, in the way Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is unhappy with you you will be regretting when you move to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And understand the fact, you need them, you know, they will never support you the time where you are in a desperate need of somebody to support you. At least for somebody to stay with you, next to you when the question is being conducted by the angels in the grave, they will not, you know, they will just put you there, make dua for you, you know, if they even remember to make dua, otherwise they will keep on crying, reflecting upon losing you. Not even reflecting upon their, their life and their relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in most instances, losing you, you know. And now they have to continue their life alone. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us good. So the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, the only thing that remains with you is, is your deed. And as such, my dear brothers and sisters, it is my personal advice to each and every one of us that you should take your deed, the righteous deed, to be the best friend you have in this life. Because they are the only one who will never neglect, neglect you in this life and they will never neglect you in, in the hereafter, starting from the grave. So imagine you are in that place, those angels, they come and they will be questioning you about those three things that we know. About Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, who is your creator? Whom were you worshipping? Who is your Lord? And the second question is about the religion. 
what religion do you have and the third question is about your and the third question is about the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam what kind of relationship do you used to have with the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam and that's very important my dear brothers and sisters that's very important because the only one who could be able you know who can be able to answer the questions in the grave is somebody who used to apply those three answers you know the answers of those three questions in his life before he meets Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that's why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says yuthabbitu Allahu alladhina amanu bil qawli thabit fi al hayati ad dunya wa fi al akhira wa yudhillu Allahu al zalimina wa yaf'alu Allahu ma yasha because these questions are very simple and very easy kids in the primary school can answer those questions and allah told you the questions and he told you the answers to the questions and he told you everything about that question so what else you need you know nothing except to put them into practice and action this is the only thing that will grant you ability to say the words allah subhanahu wa ta'ala want you to say in the grave otherwise it will be tragedy you cannot even speak you cannot even talk if you used to deny allah and favor some somebody over, over allah subhanahu wa ta'ala you will definitely regret it if you used to deny you know the religion of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and think that the religion of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is just similar to other religions like what we have with so many liberalists nowadays you know thinking that there is no difference between islam and other religions they are all equal you know that question would not be easy for you to answer if a person used to deny Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam reject his sunnah not to apply the sunnah of the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam not applying the sunnah of the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam how is it possible for him to say to the angels in the grave hawan rasulullah amanna bihi wa ittaba'na ja'ana bil huda bil bayyinati wal huda fa amanna bihi wa ittaba'na how is it possible for him to uh, be able to answer this question in the way the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam said the angel will be uh, looking for the answers in that manner because you're going to tell them that rasulullah uh, this man is rasulullah and he brought evidences and miracles and ayat and signs which are confirming that he is from allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and as such amanna bihi wa tabana we followed him and we obeyed the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam and we believed in him if he used to reject the sunnah of the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam how is it possible for you to uh, uh, to to answer that questions so that's why I really hope and I wish that each and every one of us will pay attention to this. Answering the questions in the grave is based on how much you used to answer the questions before you reach the grave. Just like the la ilaha illallah you said before death, being able to say it sincerely, sidqan min qalbik is based on how much you apply la ilaha illallah in your life before you move to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So after these questions if you pass you know the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam said some of us will pass the test in the grave alhamdulillah and they will give you the good news of going to paradise and some of us will fail because they failed to put the answers into practice and action in this life and they will give them a news of going to hell and that would be the greatest sign of what exactly is going to happen to them in in the grave uh, i'm sorry in the hereafter when they are resurrected so this is in brief the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam talk about this in a very in a very you know uh, what do you call a detailed way in the hadith of al bara bin azib you know especially when you look at uh, the the combination of the narrations of that hadith the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam did not leave anything 
He talked about the journey of a believer starting from the beginning until the time the questions in the grave will be, will be over. So let's get ready for this, my dear brothers and sisters. After that, you will be staying in the grave. For how long? Wallahu alam. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was there in the grave. Adam was there in the grave, you know. Since when? Almost 10,000 10, years, you know. Adam is in the grave for how long? Around 10,000 years, or a bit more. SubhanAllah. How long are we going to be in the grave when we die? Allahu alam, we don't know. Only Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala can tell you that. That's why, SubhanAllah, my dear brothers and sisters, if a person is going to be smart enough, you know, and compare the life in the grave, just life in the grave, you know, and the life he is having here, you know, the life you have before death, you know, and the life in the grave, you know, the answer is going to be zero. There is no, re re I mean, room of comparison between the two. Because the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, 1,400 years ago, more than that, actually, he has been inside the grave. How long is he going to be until the time Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala bring him out? We don't know. SubhanAllah. That's why this life is insignificant in comparison to the life after death, you know. This is just the grave. After we move back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, life have no, has no end in that place. You know. We're going to shed light on this. The Day of Judgment. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa talk about it in the hadith of Jibreel. When Jibreel asked him, Akhbirni uh, Anisa, tell me, when is the last day? The Prophet said, The one who is questioned about the Day of Judgment is not more knowledgeable about the Day of Judgment than the one who is, who is asking the question. The one who is questioning is not knowledgeable uh, more than the one who, uh, who asked the question. It means me and you, he's telling Jibreel that my knowledge and your knowledge is equal. I don't know when it's going to happen. And you also don't know. And that's why the scholars, they said, asking about this is a waste of time, you know. It's a waste of time. The Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, in his excellent, you know, methodology, he used to divert the people who asked questions like this to something which is more beneficial for them. One of the companions of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam came and said, Ya Rasulullah, when is the last day? Ya Rasulullah, when is the last day? And the Prophet kept quiet. He asked again, when is the last day? The Prophet kept quiet. So the companions were trying to cool him down, let him sit down, because Rasulullah was giving khutbah, you know. And you know, in khutbah, distraction is not, I mean, tolerated at all. So they're trying to uh, point at him to sit down, and the man kept asking, you know. After the Prophet finished his speech, and then he said, Where's the one who is asking about the last day? The man said, Ya Rasulullah, I am the one. He said, Ya Rasulullah, I was the one who was asking about the last day. The Prophet What have you prepared for the last day? If you are asking about the last day, that means you are ready to meet it. So what was the preparation you have? Why do you ask for it? You know, what have you prepared for it? He said, Ya Rasulullah, I do not have that much of uh, prayers or fasting or whatever. He said, but Ya Rasulullah, I prepared for, for it something simple, which is that I love Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the fact that I really love Allah and I love the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. 
The Prophet said, Al-Mar'u ma'man ahab. You know, a person will be with those who he loves, you know, in this life and also in the hereafter. And as Ibn Malik said, we are so happy with that Bedouin, you know. Because the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, you will, be the, with the one, uh, with the, with, you will be with the one whom you love. You love uh, people, you will be with them. So Anas said, I love Allah, and I love the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, and I love, Rasul, and I love Abu Bakr and Omar. He said, I wish Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will resurrect me on the Day of Judgment together with them. So the time in which the Day of Judgment will happen, nobody knows, and nobody will know. This is the knowledge that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala kept for himself alone. He says, لا تأتيكم إلا إلا So, since we don't know, is there any sign that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala put, uh, put for the last day? That it will not happen unless if we see these signs? Yes, there are. Because in the hadith of Jibreel, the Prophet sallallahu when he told Jibreel, I don't know. Just like the way you don't know, I also don't know. I don't have any knowledge about it in the way you also don't have knowledge about it. So then Jibreel told him, he said, tell me something about the signs that will take place before the Day of Judgment. And then the Prophet sallallahu told him some of the signs of the Day of Judgment. He said, Antara al-hufat al-urat al-alata al-shai he says, uh, to see the, the slave, you know, uh, using uh, the master, you know. He says, when you see the slaves, you know, uh, that the master is the one who is going to be providing, you know, uh, a service for the slave. That means the day of judgment is near. The scholar said, most likely he's talking about, uh, he says, you know. The slave will be giving birth to the one who will be uh, uh, using her, uh, I, I, I mean, to the one who will be using her as service provider. SubhanAllah. So, uh, some scholars said he's referring to Akokul Walidain. Children will be disobedient to the parents. You know. Some give other interpretation. This is not the time to discuss this uh, matter. But the point is, the Prophet told us that there are signs with the Day of Judgment. And you see the people who are The Bedouins, you know, the Arabian Peninsula wasn't like that. But now, how is it? You know, SubhanAllah. Exactly in the way the Prophet said it. People are competing each other in terms of having high buildings. Go to places like uh, Dubai and see uh, Burj and all of these things, you know. And in this life, you know, Almost every nation they went through this situation, you know, the European countries, who they were before, you know, not very long time ago, they were in the bush, they were in the forest, you know, but now look at the, the status. So these are all the signs of the Day of Judgment. The Prophet said in another place, uh, when he was asking about the Day of Judgment, he said, إِذَا he said, when the amana is neglected, people are not taking care of the amana, you should wait for the Day of Judgment. So the Prophet ﷺ, he categorized the signs of the Day of Judgment. You know, if you look into the hadith of the Prophet ﷺ, you will be able to classify the signs of the Day of Judgment into two categories. The minor 
and the major signs of the Day of Judgment. The minor signs of the Day of Judgment are many, a lot, very, very, um, so many, you know, so many. We only documented those we, that we can see, you know. And some of the scholars mentioned that these signs, you know, almost all of them happened. And those that did not happen, they will, those that did not happen, they will uh, either uh, uh, happen, they most likely will happen together with the, the major signs of the Day of Judgment. The minor signs, there are many, like the free mixing that you're having, the, promiscu uh, the promiscuity that you're having, you know, taking riba, you know, uh, making uh, wine halal, so many things the Prophet ﷺ mentioned. Some of these signs, you know, subhanAllah, if it, if it is not attributed to the Prophet ﷺ in, a, in an authentic narration, you will not believe in that. For instance, one of the companions of the Prophet ﷺ asked Abdurrahman Tawajiri fi kitabihi ithafil jama'a fil fitan wal malahim wa asharat al-sa'a. You know, he said some of these signs of the Day of Judgment, you know, that's so strange. You know. Just because we have an authentic isnad, that's why we submit. Otherwise, it is something which is not known to the past. Rasulullah said, before the Day of Judgment, there will be a time they will take a woman and they will open her womb and they will bring the child and throw it away because they don't, have a, they don't want to have a child. SubhanAllah. Nowadays, they do it in many ways. You know, commit fahsha and zina and then have a child and go and throw it away. And sometimes also it is a legitimate child, but she doesn't want to have a child. She cut and then throw it away, you know. And they have some people who uh, tell them this, you know. Unfortunately, you have a group of sisters who are having this faith and belief that she has a right, you know, this is her body. And she has a right to keep whomsoever she wants inside this body. And as such, at any stage, she can take out anyone from that body if she doesn't want. Subhanallah. SubhanAllah, look at this uh, miskin. If her mother was thinking in that way, she would never exist also. But they have some so-called, you know, uh, scholars or speakers who are joining them and legalizing for them that which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes illegal. So the Prophet sallallahu talk about this. He says, I heard this from your Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So the minor signs of the Day of Judgment, there are many. This fit and all of these things that you are, you are seeing nowadays, these are all part of the signs of the Day of Judgment. SubhanAllah. May Allah SWT protect us. That's why I always say to a Muslim, try not to be counted as one of the signs of the Day of Judgment, whereby if people see you, they remember the sign of, they remember the Day of Judgment, you know. When they see you, they see how much facade in it, and they will remember the Day of Judgment. The scholar said, Let people take lesson from others. You know, not you. Especially our sisters, you know. Especially our sisters. The Prophet he said, He said, There are two group of people that I, have, I haven't seen. He said, I never saw them. He said, He said, he said there are a group of people, the first group, you know, he says there are a group of people who are having, who are holding, you know, whips and sticks, you know, like the tails of the cow. Scholars said these are people who are affiliated with authority, but they are oppressing others, you know, they are beating people unjustly, taking the right of others. They said this is the reference to this, 
اصحاب الشرطه وما الى ذلك. The second group, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, he says, ونساء كاسيات عاريات مائلات مميلات رؤوسهن كاسنمة البخت المائلة لا يدخلن الجنة ولا يجدن ريحها وإن ريحها ليوجد من مسيرة كذا وكذا. The Prophet said, the second group, these are the sisters, كاسيات عاريات. They are كاسيات عاريات, although they are covered, but they are naked at the same time. Although they are covered, but they are naked. Ma'ilatun mumilat, and also they misguide others, they misguided themselves. Or you take literally when they walk, they walk without, uh, I mean, unusual way, which you will see her bending, you know. You know, some are saying that maybe because of the kind of the shoes they're wearing or something, wallahu alam. But if you take it in the first interpretation that I have made, they misguide, and, uh, misguide others, they misguide themselves, they become misguided and misguide others also. They have their heads, if you look at it, just like the hump of a camel. The scholar said, this is when they have extra amount of hair, or they compile it and they gather it in one place, especially when it is on the top. When they gather it and put it on the place, you know, in a way, you'll see the hair is also bending, just like the way the, the hump of a camel bent. So the Prophet sallallahu talk about this. He says, what about these sisters? He says, kasiyatun ariyat. They, they wear some clothes, but they are naked. Why? Because it is not covering them properly. Either it is transparent, or it is not, uh, I, mean, I mean, huge enough, you know, to cover the whole part of the body which is supposed to be covered. Or it is that see-through that you see, you know, sometimes uh, she wears hijab, but uh, that which is inside could be seen. And, and she shouldn't say like what you hear some people are saying that, yeah, brothers should, should lower their gaze. Yeah, this is true, the brothers should lower their gaze. But she shouldn't forget that Allah SWT commanded her and the brothers, both of them, she should behave wisely and smartly and also decently and the brothers also should do that. And whenever you invite, you know, others are going to look. So the cause of the sins of others is you. So that's why I said a person shouldn't be a sign of the Day of Judgment. You know, be very careful. Look into the statement of the scholars. Observe the opinion of the scholars and do what the scholars ask you to do according to the sunnah of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Dear brothers and sisters, wallahi, this life is temporary. You know, it's temporary. We're not going to stay here forever, you know. What is the point of, uh, uh, of enjoyment in this life and then you go back to hell for eternity? What is the point, you know? A poet says, لا خير في لذتن بعدها النار Subhanallah. He said there is no good in enjoyment which end up to be taking that person who enjoys to hell. So exercise patience. You know, exercise patience. Soon you will be taken back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and you will appreciate it. Wallahi, you will appreciate your patience. But if you enjoy, you know, you become in a state of peace in this life and you don't care about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَعِزَّتِي وَجَلَالِي لَا أَجْمَعُ لِعَبْدِ أَمْنَيْنِ وَلَا خَوْفَيْنِ إِنْ هُوَ أَمِنَنِي فِي الدُّنْيَا أَخَفْتُهُ فِي الْآخِرَةِ وَإِنْ هُوَ خَافَنِي فِي الدُّنْيَا أَمَّنْتُهُ فِي الْآخِرَةِ He says, I swear by my greatness, by my highness, 
I will never combine for my sla slave two pieces, you know, two amn. And also I will never combine for him two khawf, two fears. If he is in a state of aman, what does aman mean here? It means he is so negligent. He does whatever he wanted to do. He doesn't care about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and his right. In this life, he feels that everything is okay. Allah says, I'm going to put him in a state of fear on the day of judgment. But he, if he fears me in this life, I'm going to give him aman in the hereafter. That's why Thabit ibn Qais ibn Shammas, that great companion of the Prophet that Thabit ibn Qais ibn Shammas, one of the awliya of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. When Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed the ayah in Surah Al-Hujarat, La tarfa'u aswatakum fawqa sawtin nabi, his voice naturally is a bit louder, you know, loudly. Whenever he speaks, the, vo the voice is big. You know. So when Allah says, La tarfa'u aswatakum fawqa sawtin nabi, he thought Allah is talking about him. Those are the people of reflection, you know. They don't say, you know, Allah is talking about somebody else, you know. They put it on themselves first, you know. Allah, they're very afraid of Allah speaking about them. When they hear something, sometimes they come and confirm, Ya Rasulullah, you know, we got scared. When Surah Tawbah was revealed, they said, many people, I mean, almost everyone is scared. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, even the Prophet Allah talk about him. Afallahu ankh. Allah even told the Prophet you also, Allah forgive you. But why did you do this? You know, SubhanAllah. So, the, the Thabit ibn Qais reflected upon that saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, la aswatakum. So he thought that he was the one that was intended by the ayah. He left the believers. He went back home. He cries a lot because he thought all of his deed and righteous deed are now destroyed. Khalas, he doesn't have anything. So the Prophet sallallahu missed him and that's Rasulullah He checked about his companions, you know. That's the best example of a leadership, you know. He checks about the companions. So he missed Thabit, you know. How many companions he has? A lot. But he can miss one, you know. When one of them is missing, the Prophet sallallahu can remember that, subhanAllah. That's what responsibility is all about. So he asked people to go and check about him. They went to the house and they found him crying. They told him, what happened? Rasulullah missed you. What happened? So he told them that I used to raise up my voice over the voice of Rasulullah and Allah now destroy all of my deeds and I'm going to hell. He says, I'm going to hell. So they went and talked to the Prophet about what he says. And uh, subhanAllah, this is very important for us to listen to this, you know, subhanAllah. They told the Prophet sallallahu what he said. The Prophet sallallahu said, no, go and tell him it is not like this. SubhanAllah. Go and tell him it is not like this. He should relax. Allahu Akbar. Shaykh ibn Thameen said, وَهَكَذَا كُلُّ مَنْ خَافَ اللَّهُ فِي الدُّنْيَا أَمَّنَكُ اللَّهُ سُبْحَانَهُ وَتَعَلَى فِي الدُّنْيَا كُلُّ مَنْ خَافَ اللَّهُ مَنْ اتَّقَ اللَّهُ أَمَّنَكُ اللَّهُ سُبْحَانَهُ وَتَعَلَى فِي الدُّنْيَا قَبْلَ الْأَخِرَةِ Rasulullah told them, go and tell Thabit, 
he's going to uh, be given by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala a very pleasant life. Say, Aisha Sa'idah. He's going to be given by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala a very pleasant life. وَيَمُوتُ شَهِيدًا You know, he will live a very successful life. وَيَمُوتُ شَهِيدًا And he will die as a shaheed. And you know the reward of the shaheed. When he died, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will forgive his sins with the first drop of blood that will hit the ground. SubhanAllah. The first drop of blood that will hit the ground, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will, will forgive his sins with that. Zainab is disturbing me. So the first drop of blood that will hit the ground, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will forgive all of his sins. SubhanAllah. No question in the grave. No question in the hereafter. You know, the best position, one of the best position in paradise. And given the Hurulain also around 72 of them, you know. And also being able to intercede for 70, you know, among the family members. You know, SubhanAllah. This is Shaheed, you know. What came to us, what Allah SWT is preparing for them, only Allah SWT knows. So this man Thabit was granted by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala before death, you know, that he is going to die as a shaheed. First of all, as sa'adah fi dunya. And second of all, the good conclusion and good end. And then what happens? The Prophet said, jannah, And you'll be taken to paradise. SubhanAllah. And this is what happened. He died as a shaheed during the Hurub al-Ridd. In the fight between the... Uh, Abu Bakr and Musaylim al Kandab. He died in that at that moment. So Ibn Uthameen was saying that this is a fact that whoever fears Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in this life, Allah will grant him aman in this life. Wallahi, brothers and sisters, this is absolutely true. You fear Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Allah will give you aman in this life. You will be in the state of aman. So it's up to us to make a choice to choose this amand, to choose this amand, or to choose something else. Allah has everything. If you choose what He wanted you to choose, Allah will grant you the result and the benefit. But if you don't, Allah SWT has another alternative. May Allah SWT protect us. So the signs of the Day of Judgment, the minor signs of the Day of Judgment, almost all of them happened. And those that did not happen, most likely might be happening together with the major one. Or we can say that most of them already happened, you know, and the rest will keep on happening, you know, until the time the major signs of the Day of Judgment comes. The major signs of the Day of Judgment are ten, generally ten, mentioned by the Prophet The first one is Al-Mahdi. The first one is Al-Mahdi. Al-Mahdi is one of the family members of Rasulullah We believe in uh, the uh, existence of Mahdi, that the Mahdi is the truth. I mean, the Mahdi is true. Mahdi will come, you know, and he is one of the descendants of Rasulullah and his name uh, is like the name of Rasulullah So Muhammad bin Abdullah, he is also Muhammad bin Abdullah or Ahmad bin Abdullah. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is going to fix him in one night and then he will wage war against the Imu. This Mahdi is a real Mahdi. Not the Mahdi of the, 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 the Shia that is hiding in the, in, the, in the hole of a lizard. You know, not that one. The real Mahdi, you know. So that Mahdi exists, you know. Whether he is alive now or he is not alive, we don't know. But he will appear when things have gone 
out of control. And his job is to fix the world. And he will succeed. And Allah SWT will support him in that. Very beautiful narrations mentioned to us by the Prophet SallAllahu Alaihi Wasallam. But there is no time for us to go into the much detail about, about, about him. So we believe that he will exist or he is in existence now. And he will come in the way the Prophet said he will come. And one of the descendants of the Prophet uh, uh, he, I mean, going to be one of the descendants of the Prophet So he will be fixing, you know, until the time he waged the greatest war against the evil. And subhanAllah, they will fight the Muslims and the non-Muslims. You know, the non-Muslims here, I'm referring to the Jew and the Christian. You know, these three religions, you know, they will come and cooperate and have a treaty and sign an agreement, you know, a pact, you know, amongst them to face an enemy from other than them. Who is this enemy? Allahu Alam. And my dear brothers and sisters, I really warn you from going into this modern interpretation of the science of the Day of Judgment. That's what makes some of the people who decided to take a deviated path they used to be okay, but now they said that path, which is the method of the Salaf al-Saleh, they said it's not okay. And they mentioned that Kuffar taught them it is not okay, because uh, that person that I'm referring, which I will not tell you who he is, because most of you already know uh, who this person is, may Allah SWT guide him. He said he, he became smart, you know, and understand things in the way they are when he affiliated himself to the university of uh, non-Muslims, you know. Those philosophers, they guided him to understand the deed. And that's why he came out rejecting the Ajujumajuj, rejecting some of the things also. And now every time he will, from time to time, he will, come in, he will be coming up with uh, strange things which are contradictory to that which he used to believe in. And the story of this person is a very, I mean, great lesson for all of us. That wallahi, you should keep on asking Allah to strengthen and guide your heart and to help you to maintain the istiqamah in this life. E wallah, wallahi, you need it, you need it. In this life, we have seen people who used to be the best in terms of Tawheed and they have written books on Tawheed. But unfortunately, nowadays, they became worse than the atheist. They rejected and denied Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They became so critic against Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and his religion. Imagine you have one of these people was saying that there is no difference between Allah and Shaitan. Naqil al-Kufr, laysa bi-kafir, you know. That's why I narrated this for you, you know. So that's the reason why I said you really need to keep asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and you know to strengthen your heart and to help you to maintain your istiqamah. You know, you need that wallahi, my dear brothers and sisters. You know. Without the support from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you cannot survive. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam used to ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the sujood, Ya muqallib al qulub thabit qalbi ala deenik. He used to say, Ya Allah, the one who controls the heart, who turn it in the way he wants. Help me to, uh, to, to remain steadfast. You know. If Rasulullah is asking Allah to help him to maintain his religion and, and to remain steadfast, what about you? you know? What about all of us? You know? May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant, grant us good. So the science of the Day of Judgment, they are part of the knowledge of the unseen. We have to totally submit to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala when it comes to how are they going to take place? What exactly are they? You know, we believe in them literally. In the way the Prophet mentioned them with no modification. 
That's the manhaj of the companions. If somebody is going to give you uh, his own interpretation and tell you that this sign of the Day of Judgment is, uh, doesn't make sense, you know, he doesn't believe in them and make fun of that which Rasulullah said, may Allah guide his, his aql. But the ummah should understand this concept of submission and also at the same time, you should understand that there is no muhaba in the religion of Allah Taala and no compromise. Just because a person used to be a scholar, it doesn't mean that he will never get to be deviated. Some people are very, uh, what do you call, I don't know how to describe them, but they think uh, uh, they, their emotion should be a given priority in a way uh, when they hear these deviated you know, uh, entities started to talk, they will sympathize with them and also keep following them because they think this is a new dimension or new understanding. We're living in a new contemporary era where uh, things might be discovered by us which the predecessors did not know. Wallahi, be very careful. You might sell your religion because of the shallow of the thing, you know, of the thing of this dunya in the way these so-called speakers are selling their religion. So whatever is, happen whatever is supposed to be dealing with the science of the Day of Judgment, we are supposed to submit. It's part of the ghaib. And ghaib, we are only allowed to talk based on what reaches us of knowledge from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala through the Prophet so Mahdi is the first uh, person. After the, the, the Prophet وسلم, said, at last he will be waging war against this, uh, this, uh, this evil, you know, and the Muslim will have this agreement between them and the Jew uh, to face an enemy you know, who is not one of them. You know. And they will defeat that enemy. They will defeat the enemy. But unfortunately, the Jews and the Christians will betray and they will come and fight the Muslims. And this is when the greatest battle is going to happen during the time of Al-Mahdi, the Prophet said. And at the end of the day, the Muslim, Muslims will assume the victory. It will happen to the Muslims. While the Muslims are busy taking the booties and the spells of the war, then somebody is going to announce to them that Ad-Dajjal came. This is the second sign of the Day of Judgment. Ad-Dajjal. So we have Al-Mahdi and we have Ad-Dajjal. Who is this Ad-Dajjal? Is a human being that the Prophet talk about. And he will come with a lot of illusions. You know, uh, he will ask the, 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 the sky to send down the rain and the earth to bring out its treasures, you know, and the plants and food and whatever, you know, for those who believe in him. You know, subhanAllah. He will bring a lot of things. And he's so giant, so big, and he is human being. Because the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, uh, uh, I mean, in all of his hadiths confirmed that this person is human being. It's not an idea, like some scholars are saying, it is an idea. It is not an idea, it's a human being. And he will live in this life for 40 days, only the Prophet said. The first day is like one year, the second day is like a month, the third day is like a week, and the fourth day and the fifth and the rest of the days will be like the normal days. And the Prophet said we are supposed to uh, pray, you know, according to the way we used to pray and give uh, the right estimate for the prayers. The prayer for one day will not be sufficient. So the Dajjal will come with all of these illusions. And the fitna of the Dajjal, the fitna of the Dajjal is the greatest fitna that will ever happen in this life. The Prophet said from the time Allah created this, uh, this world, people have never seen you know, uh, a calamity and a trial that is worse than the trial of the Dajjal. SubhanAllah. Why is this so terrible? Because he will be dealing with Iman, you know, 
he'll be dealing with Iman. And at that moment, the concession that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala granted this ummah, whereby if somebody pressured you, you know, to disbelieve in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you can say the word of kufr as long as your heart is full of Iman, and that will be okay. Allah says, مَنْ كَفَرَ بِاللَّهِ مِنْ بَعْدِ إِيمَانِهِ إِلَّا مَنْ أُكْرِهَ وَقَلْبُهُ مُطْمَئِنٌ بِالْإِيمَانِ وَلَكِنْ مَنْ شَرَحَ بِالْكُفْرِ صَدَرًا Until the end of the ayah. You know, whoever disbelieved in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala after he accepted the iman, you know, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala would get him into trouble, except in the case of somebody who was uh, uh, forced, you know, and he knows that he's going to lose his life if he doesn't accept kufr. So as long as his heart is full of iman, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will not hold him responsible of that. In the time of Dajjal, this doesn't exist. You just have to go against the Dajjal. You cannot say that I will say with my mouth, but I can hide the iman in my, in my heart. You have to confront the Dajjal and tell him, you are Dajjal, you are a liar, you are this and that. That's why it is very big fitna, you know, because he deals with the iman of the people. So, how do I protect myself from the Dajjal? There are several ways the Prophet ﷺ mentioned. And as I said, each and every one of these signs of the Day of Judgment can take lecture by itself, you know. How do I protect myself from the Dajjal? The Prophet ﷺ said, uh, whoever hears about the Dajjal, he should stay away from him. One of the ways to protect yourself from the Dajjal, when you hear about him, stay away from him. Don't go to him. One of the ways to protect yourself is to make the dua that we do in the last part of our prayers in the tashahud. Allahumma inni a'udhu bika min adhabi jahannam wa a'udhu bika min adhabi al-qabr wa a'udhu bika min fitnat al-mahya wa al-mamat wa a'udhu bika min fitnat al-masih al-dajjal. You know, that dua, you ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to protect you from dajjal. One of these uh, protections is to uh, get inside Makkah or Medina because the Prophet said the Jal will never get inside Makkah or Medina. He will visit every place except Makkah or Medina. And one of these uh, protections is to memorize the first 10 ayat of Surah Al-Kahf or the last 10 ayat of Surah Al-Kahf. You know, some scholars said first and these are the most uh, uh, the vast majority of the scholars and you have some who said no the last 10 ayat of surah to al-kahf so to make life easy just memorize the whole surah you know if you are to meet the jal one of the uh, the thing to be done you know in case he met you on the way you recite these ayat he will never be able to do anything to you but the best protection against the jal is righteousness the Prophet ﷺ said, if the Jal happened to arrive while I'm still alive, he said, I will take care of him, don't worry. But if I die before the Jal, the Jal comes, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will replace me on. Uh, he says, a believer is responsible. Everyone is responsible to protect himself. But Allah will replace me in taking care of the good ones, the righteous people. That's why I said, the best protection you have is your righteousness. There is no protection more greater than this. So that's the job. And Muslim, nobody can fight him because nobody can kill him except Isa ibn Maryam. And then while the Muslims are suffering from the Jal, then Isa salam will arrive. Isa will come. He will come and find Imam al-Mahdi, you know, about, about to pray with the believers, Salatul Fajr. And then when they see Isa salam, they will be so happy and say, Ja'al Faraj. They will see uh, Isa salam putting his hand, you know, one hand on, an, on the shoulder of an angel and the other hand on the shoulder of the, uh, uh, the other angel. Two angels will bring him down, subhanAllah, in a very beautiful way. So handsome. And the Prophet said, you see, 
water is coming falling from his face it's just like he came back from the bathroom subhanallah when the believers sees him and the believers they see him they will recognize him they will be so happy and then uh, the, the al-mahdi will will just come back you know he was about to say allahu akbar to begin the prayer and then he sees isa salam. when he see him he will quickly come back if there is isa who who will be the imam you know so he will quickly come back and he will tell isa salam, you go and then isa salam will tell him no this prayer is uh, established for you and you, the Ummah of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, nobody can lead you in the, in the prayers, subhanAllah. He will tell them, you go and pray with them. So after they finish, they will tell him about the jat, you know. And then he will ask them, where's the jat? And then uh, they will tell him, the jat is running away. He ran, he ran away. He goes to Babalud. There is a door called Babalud. And Babalud, currently one of our scholars told us that Babalud is, is right now located at the international airport of the Israel. You know, the, 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 the followers of the Jal, they are the Jew. The Prophet ﷺ said he will be followed by 70,000 Jew, Jews, you know, among the Jewish of the Asfuhan. Asfuhan is a place in Iran. You can see the connection. He said that they will be followed by, he will be followed by them, you know. And somebody told us the Jal is going to come from the UK. And he said he knows, he knows his knowledge is only him. He's the only one who knows that, you know. Nobody knows except him. Alhamdulillah, nobody has this knowledge except him. Alhamdulillah, he's the only one who knows. You know. May Allah SWT guide us and, and him. So the Jal, uh, uh, Isa will go and follow the Jal. And when the Jal sees Isa salam, he will start melting. And then Isa salam will quickly go and uh, get him and cut off his head. And then show it to the people so that people can see the one that some used to believe is Allah now and is dead. The jal is gone. And now we're going to have a very nice life. Because when Isa comes, people will go back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Everyone will be righteous, you know, subhanAllah. The Prophet said, people on earth, they will, they will believe. He says, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَإِمِّنْ أَهْلِ الْكِتَابِ إِلَّا لَيُؤْمِنَ النَّبِهِ وَيَوْمَ الْقِيَامَةِ يَكُونُ عَلَيْهِمْ شَهِيدًا The Jews and the Christians, all of them are going to realize and remember that, yes, this is Isa alayhi salam. And they will, they will believe in him. That shows that Isa is not dead. He will die. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, He will die later when he comes back. Uh, but now he is in, in the heavens. So, when people believe in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Barakah is going to come back to the earth. And that's it, my dear brothers and sisters. You know, if you want the Barakah, the blessings of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to be given to us, we have to go back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is what Allah SWT mentioned in Surah Al-A'raf. When Isa comes, the fruits are going to be bigger than the one we see now. The milk is going to have the barakah. The food is going to have barakah. You know, everything will come back. And also the aman, the peace is going to be everywhere. The Prophet said, you will come back to your house and find your children playing with snakes. SubhanAllah. You see your baby playing with the snakes. The same way they play by themselves, they are going to play with the snakes and the scorpions. And you will come to your sheep and see the sheep is playing with the, with the wolf. You know, subhanAllah. The fox is playing with them. You know, nobody is harming any, anybody. You can imagine the peace that Allah SWT put on earth. A simple amount of food can, can suffice a huge amount of people. It can eat a little and it can remain with you for, for so long. You know, that's barakah. 
It used to happen, but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala took it off. Because of what? Because of the ma'asi and the sins of the, the people. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, So that's Isa alayhi salam. He lived around seven years and then he will die. After he died, most likely life is going to go back to its own. I mean, the old bad nature, you know. Before he died, before Isa died, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will inform him about the arrival of Yajujo Majuj. Yajujo Majuj, they are the creation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala amongst the human beings also. That's one of those, the, 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 the human beings that that person is making fun of them. May Allah guide him and his aql and whoever is following him. So Yajujo Majuj are going to come in the way the Prophet said. You know, and nobody knows where they are. All of this information you have heard from people, just keep them aside. Nobody knows. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, and right now, the Prophet said, every day they will go and try to open it. But then, until the time, uh, they're almost going to see, you know, uh, the light, you know. But then they will say, tomorrow, definitely we're going to open it. When they come back tomorrow, Allah SWT will make it in the way it was. Until the last time, when Allah SWT wants them to come out, they will say, you know, they will say, Inshallah, tomorrow we will be able to come out. When they say, Inshallah, when they come back the next day, they will find it in the way it was yesterday, in the way they left it. And they will be able to break the barrier and they will come. And there are so many, so many, so many, you know, subhanAllah. So many, you know. Nobody can imagine how many they are. They are not, we're not talking about millions, we're talking about billions, you know, billions. Because the Prophet said, they will cover the earth when they die. There is no place where you can put your, your food except in their body. So they will live, you know, and they will, they will kill and eat food that, that they come across and they drink the river. You know, whatever they come across, they, they destroy it, you know, subhanAllah. So they will do whatever they do until the time the Muslim will get tired of them. Isa salam will ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to show support, you know. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will send uh, a worm. Subhanallah. They are so arrogant, you know. They will, they will be saying that now, since they couldn't see any human being on earth, because they killed so many, you know. They thought they killed everyone. And then they will say, you can see so dumb, you know, how much dumb they are. They will say, you know, we have killed those people who are on earth. And now nobody left except those who are in the heavens. And they will take the arrows and they shoot to the heavens. And Allah SWT will let the arrows come back with blood. They will say, yeah, now we get rid of those who are in the heavens also. They will, they will be so happy that they kill everyone. At that moment, Allah SWT will send to them, you know, they are so arrogant. But how did, how did Allah SWT kill them, you know? With worms. The worm will come and get stuck on his neck, you know, and then he will just fall down dead. Just like that, you know, subhanAllah. Just like that. Very simple, Allah SWT take care of people, you know. They will die, all of them instantly. So Isa will ask Allah when he comes out, 
to uh, clean the place and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will send birds to take the body of the, uh, the, the ajuj and majuj and throw them where, wherever Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants. So that's the end of the ajuj and majuj and then Isa will die. So we have al-Mahdi number one, we have uh, Dajjal number two, we have Isa number three, sign number three, we have Yajuj Majuj, the sign number four, and Isa will die. And this is the end of the, the first branch of the signs of the Day of Judgment, the first type of the sign of the, the major signs of the Day of Judgment. Because major signs of the day, day of Judgment are classified into two categories. The signs in which when they come, they are telling you that we are heading towards the end of this life. This life is over. You just have to start wrapping up, you know. You just have to, you have to start packing your things, you know. Making the preparation if you are smart. These are the first four signs of the Day of Judgment. Mahdi, Isa alayhi salam, Dajjal, Yajujumajuj. When they come, they are telling you that now is time for you to start packing, you know. Life on earth is gone. Finished, you know. The next uh, type of the signs of the Day of Judgment, the major one, you know, these are the signs when they come, they are telling you that we didn't just finish the life here. The life on earth is not just over, but the life on earth, I mean, the life on the Day of Judgment has begun also because we are going to start living in some of the, 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 the nature of the Day of Judgment. We're going to start living in that one. And this is when the sun will be rising from the west, subhanAllah. You know, things have changed, you know. This is the, the, I mean, something similar, almost similar to that which will happen on the Day of Judgment, you know. Sun is rising from the, uh, the east, but in those days it will rise from the west. And the Prophet Sallallahu told us what really happened. Some of the liberalists, they don't accept that. I don't know about this one, you know, the one that I have just mentioned. May Allah SWT guide him, you know, we really want him to repent. To fear Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and remember that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is going to get him one day. All of us will be taken back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Want him to reflect because he has followers, he has people, many people are listening to him. And nowadays you have, you know, subhanAllah, people like them, whenever they get to be deviated, you will see a lot of companies are inviting them. All of these things are the things that are blinding people, you know. They will make them forgetting Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They will get invitation from here, they will get invitation from there. People will be trying to support them in that deviation, subhanAllah. So sun is going to rise from the west, physically. Physically, in the way we see it from the east, is going, from the east is going to come from the west. And the Prophet sallallahu told Abu Dhar, he said, Ya Abu Dhar, atadri ayna tadhabu shams? He said, Ya Abu Dhar, do you know where does the sun goes every day? Abu Dhar said, Allahu wa Rasuluhu a'lam. He said, only Allah SWT and the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam knows. So he said, فَإِنَّهَا تَذْهَبُ إِلَىٰ الْعَرْشِ So it will go to Allah SWT every day until the time it reached the Arsh of Allah and it will make sujood to Allah SWT. That's why I said these are all part of the knowledge of the unseen. We just have to submit and we believe in it. And we agree that yes, 100% it is happening in this way. But we don't see how many things are taking place in this life which you don't know. You know, things in different dimension, they are taking place. Things that are surrounding you are taking place. You don't know about them. If you understand this, you will be humble. You know, you will be humble. You will never reject something just because you don't understand how it works. So the Prophet said, it goes to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and makes sujood. 
And then it will ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Ya Allah, do you accept my sujood? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will say, yes, I accept your sujood. And then we'll say, Ya Allah, can I proceed? And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will say, yes, you can proceed. And then we'll proceed, you know, and come back from the west, uh, from the east again. He said, there will be a time whereby the sun will ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, do you accept my, my sujood? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will say, no. Can I proceed? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will say, no. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will ask the sun to go back from where it came from. That's why it will come from the west, because it's set on the west. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will tell it, go back from where you came from. So it will come back from the west. And this is when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will close the tawbah. And nobody will be accepted by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala if he is to believe only then. And then after that, in the evening, the beast will come, the animal that will, uh, that will tell people where are they heading to. SubhanAllah. That's another calamity. Imagine an animal will come and meet a person and tell him, Ya Fulan, Anta min Ahl Jannah. And it will meet another person and tell him, Ya Fulan, Anta min Ahl Nar. And it will put on their forehead, Jannah and Nar. It will give this mark. And whoever got whatever he got from this, uh, this animal, this is the sign and this is the, the, the judgment, you know. That's why I said, you can see some of the, the nature of the day of judgment started to take place. No Tawbah will be accepted, no reflection will be accepted, no regret will be accepted. And also, at the same time, people, many people will know their place in hell or in paradise. And then the Prophet said, and the three earthquakes that are going to take place, one in the west and one in the east and one in the Jazirat al-Arab, the Arabian Peninsula. And the last one, the Prophet said, which is sign number 10, he says, the fire that will come from Yemen, min qari adn, the one that will chase people to the line of assembling, so these are the signs of the Day of Judgment, the 10 signs of the Day of Judgment mentioned by the Prophet and the major signs of the Day of Judgment, each and every one of them that happens, the other one will be following it very quickly. The Prophet said, the Prophet said, just like the beats, you know the beats, the subha that you have, you know, some people make when they finish the prayer. You know, that, that subha, the beats inside it, when you cut the, the thread, what happened? The first one will fall down and then the, 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 the next one will keep on falling just like that. So, the Prophet Sallallahu said, uh, when the one sign of the Day of Judgment comes, the other ones will be following very quickly. You can see Mahdi comes and then before the end of the Mahdi, Dajjal comes, before the end of Dajjal, Isa comes, before the end of Isa, Yajuj uh, Majuj comes, you know, Isa died and then sun, sun rises from the west. Before, I mean, in the same day you have the beast coming and then the earthquakes are going to take place, one here, one there, one there, you know, and then the last one, the Prophet said, will be, will be the fire. After this, and the people are busy with the dunya and then they will hear the blowing in the trumpets, SubhanAllah, SubhanAllah. Everyone is going to be confused. Nobody will know what, what is going on, you know. You know, you can imagine this is an angel who is going to blow the, the trumpet. What kind of trumpet is this? And it's so huge, so huge, so big, you know. And the sound is so, so, you know, so huge, you know. And when, uh, when, uh, when, he, when he, he blow the trumpet, you know, the sound will be so loud, you know. And the way their ears and their heart cannot sustained, cannot tolerate it, cannot accommodate it, you know, people will be in a state of confusion. 
and then after that, the second one will come. What is the distance between the first and the second? Allah Alam. But when the second one comes, when he blows, life will be seized. SubhanAllah. Everyone will be gone. Those in the heavens and those on the earth. Everyone will die. People are in their businesses. But the Prophet said, somebody, you will find somebody who was just trying to milk his camel. You know, the blowing will take place, he will die. Somebody got the milk, he will put it, trying to put it in his mouth, the blowing will take place, he will die. People will be uh, busy with the dunya, and then suddenly Allah SWT will bring that. SubhanAllah. May Allah SWT protect us. So everyone will be gone. Allah says, Fasa'ikamanfisamawatumanfi'ardi'illamansha'Allah. Accept those whom Allah SWT wish. Who are these people who will not die at that moment? Allahu A'lam. Are we supposed to go and dwell and dig and see who they are? No, it's a waste of time. Like one of the scholars said, the most important thing is to know that you are not one of them. And this is the knowledge that is not beneficial for you. And the most important thing for you is to reflect upon this, that if this is to happen while you are still alive, what will be your situation? Which will necessitate a strong preparation starting from now. Because we don't know when is it going to happen, you know. Although we haven't seen the Day of Judgment, but you remember my word that if, if death happens in your case, this is the beginning of your Qiyamah. So after this, people will live for 40. Is it 40 years? 40 days? 40 months? 40 weeks? Allahu Alam. Rasulullah said, Arba'un. Most likely 40 years. Wallahu Alam. 40 years in the ground, you know. So after everyone has decomposed and, and, and the bones are gone, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will send down rain. He will ask Israfil to blow in the trumpet. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will send down the rain, you know. Rain will come, this is the thick water which looks like the sperm. It will get inside the, the grape, you know, the life will come back in the way it was. Every single person is going to come back. Angel is going to blow in the trumpet. You know, subhanAllah, it's like life has been seized for a while. People are sleeping. And then the graves are going to be opened. Rasulullah will be the first person to come out. And then everyone is going to come out. Allah says like the scattered moth. You know, they, you have a bunch of uh, grasshoppers, you know, or butterflies in a place, you know, thousands of them. And you come and, 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 and scare them. You know, you see this one flying there, this one flying there. People will be in a state of confusion. Nobody knows what is going on. You know. A person will be saying, what's wrong with the earth? Allah says, there is nothing except that Allah is going to inspire the earth to be speaking about whatsoever somebody did on it. So we will be brought back. And what is the purpose of coming back to Allah for accountability? Dear brothers and sisters, if you want to understand your nature, what will be your situation after you come back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Look at the statement of the scholar when Harun Rashid asked him, and he told him, what will be my situation when I meet Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? He said, sir, you're going to be one of the two people. He said, you're going to be one of the two people. Either you're righteous, if you're righteous, you're going to be kalga'ibi ya'udu ila alihi ba'da zaman tawil. You're going to be just like a missing person who lost his family for so long and now Allah SWT granted him ability to see them again. How much are they going to be happy? SubhanAllah. That's why you see some people crying, you know, 
They're supposed to be smiling, but they cry out of happiness, you know. We have seen this a lot. When a person is missing for so long, and now people met him, you know, you will see many people crying. Crying out of what? Out of happiness, you know. If you are a righteous person, when you meet Allah SWT, you're just going to be actually better than a person who lost his family, and now Allah SWT is combining them together. What do you expect the happiness is going to be? But if you are a wrongdoer, he said, you're going to be Kal Abdul Abik. You Qadu ila Sayyidihi. Just like the slave that ran away from the master, and now the master asks somebody to go look for him, and they got him. They're bringing him back to the Sayyid, to the master. SubhanAllah. That's actually worse. This is who we are. If you want, you know, you want, you want, want to know your status on the day of judgment, you have to look at your life now. Who are you in your relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Who are you? Then you can determine what exactly is going to be your life in the hereafter when you meet Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. On the Day of Judgment, there are so many things to be said. So many things. That's why I will just tell you, my dear brothers and sisters, Wallahi, my dear brothers and sisters, if you succeed, if you succeed and you manage to please Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in this life, you know, you do what Allah SWT asks you to do, you're going to see amazing things on the Day of Judgment, SubhanAllah. You're going to see a lot. You're going to see a lot. But if you are not like this person, you're going to be one of those people who will be seen by others. The Prophet said, and Allah SWT mentioned in many places in the Quran, when we come out, the confusion will take place. The nature will change. You will see the sea Burning in fire. Imagine the sea in fire. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says the graves will be brought down. The stars will, will be in a state of darkness. The sun and the moon will fall down. SubhanAllah. You see the, the, the mountains, you know, turning into dust in the presence of your eyes and flying just like that, you know. SubhanAllah. SubhanAllah. Wallahi, this really needs us to sit down and think, you know. The predecessors, they used to I mean, not be able to relax in the life whenever they remember the Day of Judgment, you know. Why are we still playing, you know? I don't mean that we shouldn't enjoy life, but you should understand that you have a long journey in front of you. And as such, turn your life into an act of worship. Whatever you do, make sure that you remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in that, in that action. So on the Day of Judgment, there are three situations mentioned by the Prophet ﷺ, which are the most critical situations, which I think these are the most important things to be discussed, and I will be discussing them in a very brief way. You know, and then move to Jannah and Hell, and then close the session. I have taken from you almost one and a half hours. Place Situation number one, and a place number one, that is the most critical situation, you know, one of the most critical uh, situation and places on the Day of Judgment is in the Tadayur Suhaf. Rasulullah told Aisha, there are three situations where nobody can remember anyone. When the papers and the books of records of the good deeds and the bad deeds are coming from the sky. You know, nobody will be thinking of anything. Everyone will be looking up and waiting to see where exactly his book is going to be located because you cannot make a choice by yourself it is going to come to your hand by itself you know subhanallah Allah SWT says some will be given the book with the right hand these are the most successful one and others will take you with the left hand from behind them look at the disrespect 
So nobody will remember anything, subhanAllah. The second place is when the scale is fixed. And this scale is the scale that they will weigh about the deeds. They will weigh the deeds and they will weigh the, the good deeds and the bad deeds and they will weigh the person himself, subhanAllah. That's why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala called it Mawazin al-Qist. Not one Mizan, he says Mawazin. Scales. So that will be a scale where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala put a person himself. And you remember the saying of the Prophet وسلم, concerning Abdullah ibn Mas'ud, when they laugh at him, you know, they, see, they saw his feet, they said it's so slim, you know, so tiny. The Prophet وسلم, said, Atadhaquna min diqqati saqay? He says, you are laughing at the, 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 the shin of Abdullah ibn Mas'ud. You know, they say, so, so, so thin, you know. So he says, are you laughing at him? He says, these, uh, the, the shins, they are heavier than the amount of Uhud on the scale. It's not about the size of the body. You might be the slimmest person, you know, somebody can ever see. But your heart is so heavy. The focus and the recognition is the heart. If the heart is so light, a person will not succeed. That's why the Prophet said they will bring a person bulk, you know, so huge, but lies in the Allah. It will not be, you know, equivalent to the weight of the of, of the, the wing of a mosquito. You know, subhanAllah. Why is that? Because the heart is so light. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, فَلَا نُقِيمُ لَهُمْ يَوْمَ الْقِيَامَةِ وَزْنَا May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala guide us to the truth. So remember this, my brothers and sisters, your deed, your, the bad one and the good ones are going to, are going to, be, to be weighed. Allah says, فَمَنْ ثَقُلَتْ مَوَزِينَهُ فَأُولَيْكَ هُمُ الْمُفْلِحُونَ وَمَنْ خَفَّتْ مَوَزِينَهُ فَأُولَيْكَ الَّذِينَ خَسِرُوا أَنفُسَهُمْ فِي جَهَنَّمَ خَالِدُونَ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, if you want to see the successful one, look at those people that their, their, their skill, the side of the righteous deed is heavier than, than, the, than the evil deed. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us among those. That's why I said this is the time for each and every one of us to make the preparation because we don't know when are we going to, to that place. The hardest place is the third one. This is when people are crossing the sirat. And the Prophet sallallahu said, sirat is a bridge. Thinner than the hair, sharper than the sword, and also uh, you have Jahannam underneath, and the place is dark, and you have a lot of hooks ad- around the Sirat, you know, uh, commanded by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to take, the, the, to, to take and capture the one who breaks and betrays the amana and put him in hell. Anyone who betrays the amana, it would be very difficult for him to pass the Sirat. And subhanAllah, look at our life nowadays, you know. How is that person that is saved from this, you know? Allah protect us. The place is, is very tragic, you know. The tragedy is so big in the way the Prophet said, nobody is able and will be able to talk except the angels and the prophets of Allah. And when they speak, they will be asking Allah and begging Allah, please, Ya Allah, help people. Please, Ya Allah, save people. Ya Allah, help them. Ya Allah, save them. You know, SubhanAllah. So the only thing that can help you to pass and cross the Sirat is your righteous deed. And this is the place where you see, you know, subhanAllah, the differences, you know, amongst the people when it comes to the, uh, to the Iman. The more Iman you have, the more, uh, the quicker you, you cross the Sirat. 
And the Prophet said, some people they will be passing just like a blink of an eye, like the lightning. Some people like the speed of the wind. Some people like the speed of the horse. Some people like the speed of the running of the human being. Some people like the speed of somebody who is jogging. Some people like the speed of somebody who is uh, moving very quickly. Some people at the speed of somebody who is, sorry, who is walking. Some people at the speed of somebody who is crawling. Some people at the speed of somebody who is dragging, you know, on his stomach on the sirat, subhanAllah. And you will see people given the light by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala according to their iman. Some people they have the full light, some people they have a bit of light, some people they have very small light, some people they have a light that comes and goes, comes and goes. And some people the light will just be like the, you know, like the size of the, 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 the nail, you know, subhanAllah, very little, subhanAllah. And that's the reflection of his life here. You know the one that the life switch off and comes is the, the same life he is having here in this dunya. Sometimes with Allah, sometimes with the dunya, sometimes with the tawagid, sometimes with the kufr, sometimes with this, sometimes with that. You know, the same way he lives. That's why Ibn al-Qayyim has a very nice statement, you know, in one of his uh, tafasir, you know, explanation of Surah Al-Fatiha. He says, if you want to pass the sirat, you have to pass the sirat in this life also. You want to pass the sirat in the hereafter, you have to pass the sirat in this life because life in this dunya is just like crossing the sirat. Subhanallah. Wallahi just like crossing the sirat. The Prophet said, after all, you find people being categorized when crossing the sirat into three categories. He says, Fanajin Musallamun, Wanajin Makhdush, Omkar Dasun, Finari Jahannam. He said, the first one is the one who succeeds. You know, one who pass and cross the sirat peacefully. Musallamun means free of any deficiency and any harm. Those were the people that the Prophet said, some of them like the blink of an eye. They already, khalas, gone and crossed the sirat and reached reach the, reach their jannah. And the person who pass. But subhanAllah, you know, I told you that around the sirat, there are the hooks which are snatching people to take them to hell, right? There is some, some, somebody, the hooks, they will catch him, you know, and get some of his flesh, some of his meat, you know. And he passed, and the next one will get something from his face, you know, Allahu Alam, the next one will get him from here and there. You know, he will be passing here, you know, trying to fight and release himself from them, you know. Because Allah doesn't want him to get in, but Allah wants him to get punishment by them because of the way he dealt with the amana. Maybe he was negligent, but that, uh, afterwards he settled some part of it, you know. So he will be injured, badly injured, but at the end of the day, he will cross the sirat. That's why the Prophet said, وَنَاجِمْ مَخْدُوشْ أَيْ خَادَشَتُ الْكَلَالِيبِ And the other one that Allah SWT will take him and put him in, in Jahannam, will never cross the sirat. So after the believers cross the sirat, the Prophet said, حُبِسُوا بِكَنْتَرَةٍ بَيْنَ الْجَنَّةِ وَالنَّارِ They're going to be kept in a place between hell and paradise. SubhanAllah. And in this place, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will ask them to reconcile amongst themselves. You know, if you have any right, you know, against uh, somebody, you pass it to him and people will forgive. They will forgive, you know. After they cross the sirat, nobody will think of anything, you know. They just want to go to Jannah. You know? But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants to remove any form of hatred that might exist in the heart before they get inside the paradise. SubhanAllah. 
There are two places in, in the hereafter, my dear brothers and sisters, and these are the final destinations, either Jannah or Hell. For you to know what is Jannah, you need to know what is Hell. If you want to understand Jannah properly, you need to understand Hell first. Hell is the worst place you can ever hear about and you can ever see in your life. You know, subhanAllah. This is a topic by itself. You know, wallahi, try your best not to see hell, if that is possible, or not to get inside hell. Try your best, you know. Don't you ever agree to have, to have a transit in hell. You cannot stand it. This place is so evil, so evil, so evil, so evil. You imagine because of, imagine because of its evilness, it eats itself, you know that? It eats itself. We're not talking about people and some other things. It eats itself, you know. SubhanAllah. It complained to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Ya Allah, part of it is eating some part of it, you know. SubhanAllah. And then you find somebody who will think that it's okay for you to go to hell because you will, you will be taken out of it. A'udhu billah, a'udhu billah. The Rasulullah said, Allah cast a rock from, this, from the heaven and it went to hell, you know, it reached hell. It spent 70, 70 years before it reached the, 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 the bottom of it. That's how big is this place. And Allah SWT promised hell to make it full. And what is the fuel of, gen uh, of hell? People and, and, and the rocks, you know, subhanAllah. Allah SWT says. He promised to make it full. And Allah never broke a promise. Don't you ever agree to be one of those people who will be taken to hell, no matter what. Try your best. Please, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, do what you're supposed to be doing. Life is very short. You'll be taken back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for the best, for the best life. Wallahi, this place is so evil. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, It will be brought, you know. And when they bring the Jahannam, you know, it will be chained with 70,000 chains. Each chain is held by 70,000 angels, 70,000 chains, and still it is trying to release itself, you know, and go and get everyone, you know, subhanAllah. So hungry, it, was, it would be looking for food, you know. When it sees people and see the mountains and see the rocks, it would be so, so, so happy to see, you know. But Allah SWT will ask the angels to restrict it until the time Allah SWT will take those who deserve to go in and put them inside. Don't ask about what is going to happen in it. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala already told you that a person will not live in Jahannam and will not die in Jahannam. No death at all in Jahannam. No. So there are a lot to say about this place. A lot, a lot to say about this place. A lot. And if you want to know the temperature in hell, go and check and see what is the temperature in the, of, of fire in this life. If you have the fire that reaches 200, I mean 2000 degrees as they told us, you know, multiply that by 69 or by 70. This is the temperature in hell. That's why when they take a cup of, not water, but the pus, that water that is mixed by blood, you know, when somebody's injured, this is what will be cooked and given to the people of hell in a way of disrespect. When they take the cup and put it next to your face, the steam, when it, when it comes and touches the flesh, you know, the flesh, the flesh will melt, you know. Only the bones will remain. Imagine when they put it in their stomach, what is going to happen? You know? So it wasn't a joke, my dear brothers and sisters, and it is not a joke. Wallahi, it is a reality. Relax, relax. We are not here to stay. We will be taken back to Allah's matter for accountability. But this is not the only place. And unfortunately, I have already forfeited my time. We have Jannah. 
And as I said, now since we know what is, what is, what is hell, we can understand how much excellent is Al-Jannah. I decided to conclude with this, inshallah, beautiful mention of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa about Jannah. There is a man that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will take out of hell and put him in the place between hell and paradise. So sometimes he smells hell, sometimes he gets uh, some of the, the benefit in, in, in uh, I'm sorry, in paradise, and sometimes he gets some of the, 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 the uh, what do you call the harm in hell. You know, whenever the winds come from paradise, he enjoys. If the winds come from hell, he becomes sad, you know, he suffers. So he will be asking Allah SWT to protect him. Until the time Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created, uh, I mean, created a tree, you know, Allah will create a tree and put it uh, far uh, distance from him. If you want. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will keep him, uh, uh, create the tree and put it uh, in a far distance from, from him. So, uh, when he sees the trees, he will realize that yeah, that place will be uh, very good, you know. And then he will say, Ya Allah, uh, Ya Allah, please take me to that tree and I will never ask you anything after that. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala would take him to the tree after he took the promise from him that he would never ask anything else. You know, SubhanAllah, when he goes to the tree, he will see that actually it is more beautiful than what he saw. He will live in that place for whatever uh, amount of days Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants him to stay and then he will forget his promise. He will ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to take him to the next tree that he saw. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created. And Allah SWT would take him to that place after having him promising not to ask again, you know. SubhanAllah, when Allah SWT take him to that place, he see that this tree is better than the first one. He will forget his promise also once again after he see the next one. And there we go until Allah SWT take him to paradise. When he sees paradise, he will say, Ya Allah, I don't want to be the worst amongst the creation. Ya Allah, help me. Let me go inside. Ya Allah, forgive and take me inside. And Allah SWT will tell him, did it, aren't you the one who told me that you will never ask again? You know, he will say, Ya Allah, please, Ya Allah. You know, he will beg Allah SWT so much, and then Allah SWT will tell him, Okay, go. Go to paradise and enter paradise. When he goes to paradise, it will appear to his, uh, his eyes that there is no space for him. So he will come back to Allah SWT and say, Ya Allah, I couldn't find, I couldn't find space for me, you know. I couldn't find space for, for me in paradise. There is no space. And then he will say, Ya Allah, Ya Allah, are you making mockery on me and you are the Lord of the creation? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will laugh at him. The Prophet also laughed. They, uh, he asked them, Why didn't you ask me? Why am I laughing? Why am I la laughing? You know. They said, Ya Rasulullah, why are you laughing? He said, Min Rabbil he said, I'm laughing because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala laughs also at this person. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will tell him, Ama inni la astahzi'ubik, walakinni ala ma asha'u qadir, unkhulil jannah, walaka mithlu dunya wa ashru amthaliha. Allahu Akbar. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will tell him, No, I'm not making mockery on you. Walakinni ala ma asha'u qadir, but I have the ability to do whatever I wish. He says, go to paradise, you have the similar of the dunya. Remember my words, my dear brothers and sisters, we're not talking about Malaysia, we're not talking about the size of Saudi Arabia, Pakistan, India, Singapore. We're talking about dunya collectively, the whole dunya. 
Allah will tell him, لَكَ مِثْلُ الدُّنْيَا وَعَشْرَ أَمْثَالِهَا You have the, the similar of the dunya and ten times of it. Subhanallah. Eleven times of the dunya is going to be given to the person who the Prophet said is the lowest person in paradise. Allahu Akbar. The lowest person in paradise is the one that is given to I mean, more than 10 times of this world. That's the poorest person in paradise. And my dear brothers and sisters, paradise is based on levels. To get an idea, the lowest one is like this. And some scholars said the number of the levels in paradise are like the numbers of the ayat of the Quran. We're talking about not less than 6,000 levels. Let's say even it is only 100 levels. Subhanallah. Imagine the lowest one is this. And If you are going to go from the, this level of yours, go to the, to the up, upper level, you might feel like you are in the village. If this person has whatever he wants, everything he wants, he has it. And the, the size of his house is like dunya, 10 times of the dunya. What do you think about the, the person who is next to him? That's why Ibn Qayyim says, the size of the length of the kingdom of the, the believer is around 2,000 years. SubhanAllah. That's your house. In the hadith of the Prophet wasallam, the Prophet wasallam said, it is not easy for the believer to see the last part of his kingdom in Jannah. Why do we fight here? What are you waiting for? You know, I'm not saying you should look for death. The Prophet said, you should look for long life and righteousness. But I'm referring to the way we fight for this dunya, the way we kill ourselves for this dunya. How many people are losing their life in this dunya? Why do you cheat? Why do you betray the amana? Why do you lie? Why do you disobey Allah SWT? Why do you do this and that? Why do you oppress others? Ya akhi, ala nafsik, you know. Jannah is like this. And if this is the lowest level of the Jannah, brothers and sisters, what do you think the highest level, which is Firdaus, will be? The Firdaus, you know, when Musa السلام, told Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Ya Allah, I want you to tell me about the best amongst your creations, who they are. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said when Musa asked Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to tell him about the best, you know, amongst the people of Jannah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, أُولَٰئِكَ الَّذِينَ غَرَسْتُ كَرَامَتَهُمْ بِيَدِيهِ He said, these are the ones that I planted their honor and nobility with my hand. You know, Allah created their place, you know. Imagine in, in Firdaus, you are the neighbor of who? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. I don't want to talk about anything other than this, you know. Imagine the arsh of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the roof of your house. What else you need, you know, subhanAllah. And if that person is having 10, ten times of the world, Imagine your house is the highest one, you know, you are next to the prophets of Allah and you are next to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala himself. How much are you going to be given by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? SubhanAllah. So brothers and sisters, let's all understand this fact. And the Prophet said, whenever you ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala jannah, فَسَلُوهُ الْفِرْدَوْسِ you, you should ask him Firdaus. فَإِنَّهَا أَعَلَى الْجَنَّةِ He said, because there's the highest level of jannah. وَأَوْسَطُهُ And the best Jannah. You know, means the best Jannah. And on top of it is the Arsh of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. 
And from Firdaus, you have the rivers of paradise that are coming to other places. It's like others are taken from you, you left over. This is Firdaus. And the best and the most beautiful gift that Allah is granting the believers in the hereafter is letting them to see his face, looking at his face. SubhanAllah. And that's the most enjoyable things that the believers will have, will be given by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Ibn al-Qayyim says, وَإِذَا رَآهُ الْمُؤْمِنُونَ نَسُوا الَّذِي هُمْ فِيهِ مِمَّا نَالَةِ الْعَيْنَانِ وَاللَّهِ مَا فِي هَذِهِ الدُّنْيَا أَلَذُّ مِنْ اشْتِيَاقِ الْعَبْدِ ذُرْرَحْمَانِ When the believers see Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, they will forget that which they are given by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, which their eyes witness. That's the most beautiful thing you get in paradise. And imagine if you manage to get to the Firdaus, you are the neighbors of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, subhanAllah. How to get to that place, you know, there are many ways, many ways. One of the easiest way is to memorize the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala from cover to cover and also to put it into practice and action. ta'ala, When the day of judgment comes, Allah will ask you to read that which you memorize like he will do with anybody who memorized the Quran and you will never stop until you reach Firdaus. You know, that's the reward and the compensation given by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for somebody who memorized the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So dear brothers and sisters, in my conclusion, we have heard about what happens, you know, and what will happen, you know, in the near future to uh, the life on earth and also what is the final destination where I mentioned that we have only two places and it's up to us now to make a choice. Which party do you belong to? Where do you want to be? Which final destination you want Allah SWT to confirm for you? The choice is for us. And my message to each and every one of us is simply the same as the message of Fudayl ibn Iyad that I always quote you know, to you guys, brothers and sisters. That when he met that person and he asked him, how old are you? The man says, 60 years. He said, inna lillahi wa inna ilayhi raj'oon. You know, uh, I'm, I'm sorry, he said, the man said 60 years. Fudayl ibn Iyad said, you should know that 60, since 60 years ago, you have been on a journey to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You are almost reaching Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The man said, inna lillahi wa inna ilayhi raj'oon. He says, what should I do to fix it? And this is actually what I want to leave you with. Don't worry at all about your past. Worry about the present. Fix it properly. Allah will do the rest for you. You can go to Jannah if you fix your attitude and die on this part. You can go to the best Jannah. Allah SWT is making the gift, not us. All that Allah SWT wants you to do is to fix your attitude and manners and to become a good Muslim right on the spot. So Fudayl ibn Iyad told him, he said, don't worry, relax. He said, Ahsin fi ma baqi, He said, be good in that which remains you know, in your life. Allah SWT will forgive the past. Very beautiful reminder. Be good in what remains and left in your life. Allah will forgive the past. Rasulullah said, Man ahsana fi ma baqi, lahu ma mada wa ma baqi. If you're good in that which left and remains for you in this life, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is going to forgive that which passed, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is going to forgive the present, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will forgive the future also. So that, I, I believe, is the best reminder for each and every one of us, you know, is a, to, to be going out of this lecture with. Look into your attitude and your relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, fix it. Don't worry about the past. 
Allah SWT will fix uh, the, the past for you. Fix the present, Allah SWT will fix the past for you. Barakallahu feekum. I will send back the mic to Uzair. I have taken a lot from you. Uh, I just uh, miss uh, people from Nottingham University. And I used to stay with them for two, two hours, two and a half hours. So maybe I forgot that this is online uh, lecture. I have gone uh, almost uh, two hours. Barakallahu feekum. May Allah SWT accept you from all of us. Innahu bi kulli jameelin kafeel. Subhanakallahumma wa bihamdika. Ashadu an la ilaha illa ant. Astaghfirullah wa atubi ilayk. Assalamu alaikum. We also miss you, Sheikh. How many? How much time do we have for questions on Sheikh? Uh, uh, one second. Uh, what? I don't know how to do it. That's Uzair. I don't know how to do it. Now, Ozair, they are saying that the quality is not good. Uh, do I need to care about that? <laughs> no, inshallah, Sheikh. We can hear you properly. Okay, inshallah. How much time do you have for questions, Sheikh? Uh, just go ahead until I tell you I have to run away. Okay, inshallah. Inshallah. The first question asks, does that mean if someone does virda or minor shirk, they would not be able to answer the questions of the grave? Uh, does that mean if somebody does what? Better or minor shirk. Uh, as long as the, the point is to repent, you know, the point is to repent. If a person dies on an innovation, not following the Prophet sallallahu introducing something which is not part of the deen and claiming that this is part of the deen, uh, he will face a lot of difficulties in in the grave. If not, uh, unless if Allah subhanahu wa taala decided to uh, forgive him. But uh, innovation can cause a person to face a lot of difficulties in the grave. Because how can you say that I believe in the Prophet Sallallahu and I uh, submitted to Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala and the words of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam but at the same time you're innovating in, in the religion. Hmm. Regarding not following the Sunnah, does a person who rejects the Hadith also go out of the fold of Islam, generally uh, speaking? Uh, it depends. If he rejected the hadith, which in his heart, you know, he is rejecting the Prophet Because you have the Quran, Yun, they don't agree with the Prophet he himself, you know. They don't agree with him. They might claim they agree with him, but they don't agree with him. If a person in the heart, you know, in his heart, does not agree with the Prophet to be saying the truth, this one will go out of Islam. This all will go out of Islam. Not trusting the Prophet to be speaking the truth is an act of kufr. If a person believes in it, he goes out of Islam. Can you explain the ayah in Surah Taha? وَمَنْ أَعْرَضَ عَنْ ذِكْرِ فَإِنَّ لَهُ مَعِيشَةً فَنْكَ وَنَحْشُرُهُ يَوْمِ الْقِيَامَةِ And what does the ذِكْرِ mean in this case? It means somebody who doesn't want to pay attention to the words of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They not heed the message. His allegiance to, is to somebody else. Allah's command is nothing to him. You know, a person doesn't want to listen to the words of Allah and doesn't want to practice the Sharia of Allah. This is what it means simply. You know, a person either he's a Muslim but he doesn't practice Islam, or he's not a Muslim. You know, completely doesn't want to 
uh, listen to the Sharia of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. On the day of judgment, he will be resurrected as a blind person. Because in this life, he is also blind technically. You know, not physically, but technically. And the real blindness is the blindness of the heart, the Prophet I'm sorry, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says. So, وَمَنْ أَعْرَضَ عَنْ ذِكْرِي فَإِنَّ لَهُ مَعِيشَةً ضَنْكَ وَنَحْشُرُهُ يَوْمَ الْقِيَامَةِ عَامَ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is going to resurrect that person on the day of judgment as, as a blind person. So, الْإِرَادَ عَنْ ذِكْرِ اللَّهِ is to turn away from the remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. A person is taking riba and you remind him he doesn't want to listen. You want to follow his desire. He has his own shaykh that he follows, that shaykh, although he knows that the shaykh is not calling him upon the truth, but he still follows him. Person is bribing, a person is doing whatever he does, you know, when they got to be reminded by others, they don't want to listen. That's all part of the irad and dhikr Allah Azza wa Jal. Salam Shaykh, with the hadith that the sun goes to sujood to the arsh of Allah Azza wa Jal, therefore the science theory that the sun doesn't move is absolutely incorrect. Uh, should we view and respond? 100% incorrect. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Kullun fi falakin yasbahoon. Washamsu tajiri li mustaqarri laha. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Sun's tajiri. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala attributed to it al jarri. So, science, they should fix their information. They move. The sun moved, the earth moved, all of them move. Some of them are faster, some of them are slower, but they all move. Sheikh, what does it mean that one part of hell will eat another part? It means physically, part of it is eating another part. We just believe in it literally. But how does it eat it? Wallahu alam, because we never witnessed that. But the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa said that the hell went to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and complained that part of it is eating the other part out of hunger. And that's the reason why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave it permission to breathe twice in a year. And he says this is when the... the, 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 the what do you call it? the temperature is very high in the summer and the and the, the temperature is very low in the in the in the winter you know he said this is the the sign of the breathing of of hell mm. we just believe in it literally uh, but how is it happening how does it take place this one belongs to allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because we never witnessed that and inshallah we will never see that alhamdulillah sheikh that was the last question okay that's great May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant you good uh, for all of those who ask uh, questions. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala help us to uh, pass the test in this life and also the test in the hereafter. Innahu bi kulli jameelin kafeel. And thank you very much, uh, uh, what do you call a uh, student of Nottingham University. Uh, you have been great. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect and preserve you. Keep on doing the good job, uh, inshallah. Unite yourself and keep on doing the good job. Uh, people have been benefiting from you. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make it, uh, insha'Allah, a way to paradise be it in light ta'ala for all of you. Innahu bi kulli jameelin kafeel. Subhanakallahumma wa bihamdik. Ashadu an la ilaha illa ant astaghfirka wa tubi ilayk. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu.